The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Stephen Farmer, psychotherapist, shamanic practitioner, author, and teacher, and I'll be exploring with you ways to connect with spirit animals, ancestors, spirits of nature, how to heal from trauma, and many other topics. So stay tuned. Hello again, and thank you for joining me. This is Dr. Stephen Farmer, Healing for Your Soul, which I think we probably all need a little bit of healing for that, you know, if not, sometimes maybe a lot. And uh, I want to thank you first for joining me, and I trust that you'll enjoy uh, today's conversation with uh, uh, someone I have admired quite a bit over the years, hearing a lot about him, and I've just been introduced to him. So, uh, we're going to have a talk about um, him, of course, and that's Oscar Miro Quesada, who has a book in the Common Sentience series called Shamanism, Personal Quests of Communion with Nature and Creation, which is what shamanism is all about. I think that's a very uh, a nice summation for what shamanism is about. But we're going to learn a few things. And also, I encourage you to check out Oscar and his work. Uh, certainly check out the book, Shamanism, in the Common Sentience series, and also his website, heartofthehealer.org. Don Oscar, welcome. Yes. Well, thank you, my good brother and ally of the great work, Don Stephen Farmer. I'd love to... Uh, to uh, be there in person with you, yet this virtual means of connecting uh, will suffice for the moment. Uh, One of these pleasure days. to meet you, meet you over over the the uh, cyberspace uh, shamanic realm, though. Thank you. How, th- how things have changed. <laughs> they have. <laughs> I remember, oh, in person workshops. You know, you never think of any other way. You know, yeah, a workshop. That's where each actually real people show up. You know, three dimensional people and fourth dimensional too. Anyway, I want to I want to read your bio though, real quick, uh, uh, Oscar. Uh, Oscar is a um, transpersonal psychologist and respected Kamaska Curandero. And if I'm going to say this right, I hope so. 
uh, respected Comasca curandero and Alto Misiak adept from Peru. Oh, hope That's I did That's fine. Okay. That Alto Misiak, it's fine. Your pronunciation of Spanish is very good, <laughs> as, a, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll do my best here, Oscar. Uh, uh, Oscar is the originator of the Pachacuti Mesa tradition, cross-cultural shamanism, founder of the Heart of the Healer, acronym T-H-O-T-H, Shamanic Mystery School, the Heart of the Healer Shamanic Mystery School, fellow in ethnopsychology with the Organization of American States and invited observer of the United Nations Forum on Indigenous Issues. And it, once again, uh, go check out his website, please, heartofthehealer.org. This man is doing a tremendous amount of good in the world. Or let me take away that word good. He's doing a lot to help us continue our awakening process and discover uh, once again that experience of being uh, just uh, intimately connected with uh, the natural world and uh, parts thereof. So again, once again, Oscar, thanks for joining me on the show. And uh, tell me, tell us actually a little bit about the book Shamanism. Uh, certainly, and thank you uh, for that ver those very kind words regarding what my uh, my dharma as a passerby has been on this planet, which is to restore sacred trust between humankind and a natural world in a manner that uh, safeguards the well-being of our species-wide uh, planetary life. So uh, it's not just about revitalizing the shamanic lifeway as a means of uh, deepening our understanding as human souls that are born of Pachamama's uh, sanctity, yet it's about really celebrating life as a true sacred gift. And so that has led me to write some books, to teach various workshops, to create apprenticeship programs, to organize international gatherings that bring medicine people from the four directions together, activating the various power centers, sacred landscape shrines of this good earth, uh, and a myriad of other support and initiatives for indigenous populations the world over, mostly in the Americas though. So I've been uh, walking this path for a little bit over 40 years, believe it or not. So hmm. I started very, very young in, with my apprenticeship in Peru. And shamanism, personal quest of communion with nature and creation, is basically a, uh, how could I say, distillation of many of the wisdom teachings that I've been exposed to and um, a formulation of a position of universal shamanism, a, a practice and a cosmovision that allows even the most neophyte of practitioners uh, a good grasp of how important the shamanic um, phenomena, the phenomenology as well as its, its origin is to our, applied to our modern uh, challenges that we see in the world. So that's been what this book is really about, dropping some hints as to, okay, we have this system that is very effective at unifying human beings focused on a common purpose, which is to walk gently with reverence and in 
community, in sacred community, for the restoration of, of, of healing light on this planet. Uh, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Oh, very well stated. I, I have often felt, Oscar, that it's, it's uh, you know, I hear about saving the planet, saving the planet. And I, you're going to love this, but I just listened to a George Carlin routine. <laughs> I love him. And he went, he went off about, it's not the planet that needs saving. We've got to fix ourselves. Correct. You know? And um, I really think that's really what it's about because it's a relationship. And I think what you're speaking about is, is truly the depth of relationships that we have or relationship with the various beings of the planet and even the cosmos, more so than trying to fix the planet in some way. I always tell people like what's been around for four and a half billion years, probably another four and a half billion years at least before the sun swallows it up, you know. So in the meantime, <laughs> let's get it together, gang. You know, that and shamanism does, I think, provide some uh, a path, if you will, and even whether you're not whether or not you're interested in oh doing shamanic practice specifically in some way that maybe you've been trained or you've come across or whatever but there, it's bigger than that isn't it well certainly it's both a a, a, a dharma and sadhana it's both a a, a a soul's destiny and a spiritual practice that can be adapted to historical circumstance and to uh, diverse cultural conditions. Uh, even if you have not grown up in a tribal nation or in a indigenous community that honors the original instructions of our, of our First Nations, um, uh, you still have, you still are a native child of Mother Earth. You're still an aboriginal baby of Pachamama's dreaming womb. So I am very glad that you understand that this is not about saving anything or fixing anything. It's truly about returning to who we are as immortal beings, souls mm -hmm. that have a, a, a common purpose of showing up, speaking our truth and sharing our beauty unencumbered by fear, doubt, and insecurity and remaining unattached to the outcome of our service work. And in that way, we can guarantee that the true wisdom of the Mother Earth will move through us and, uh, and bring wholeness to where separation and fragmentation has occurred. Uh, even more so these days, there seems, uh, as many people have commented, that divisiveness that has uh, shown up here in the last, uh, just the last handful of years, really. And I think that um, what this speaks to, what you're speaking about is really, I, I don't want to say overcoming that divisiveness, but, but creating a different sort of relationship. You know, not one that's either me and, you know, you and me or us against them or anything like that. It really, we, we have to come together at this point. I couldn't agree more, Stephen. Um, there has been an ongoing estrangement from the sacred dimensions of life mm. that occurred since the Industrial Revolution and before that. Uh, the rise of the consumerist and materialist postmodern psyche is not something that happened overnight. It is, mm. It's been a process that has been... Right directed by 
people that want to remain in power, people that crave approval and control and has its roots in, in our human ignorance and, and narcissism. Mm. These are things that are big, big issues that need to be addressed. And within these sacred hoops, the communities of shamanic practitioners, I find it to be the ideal uh, environment uh, in which people can really get clean and clear and come be transparent with who they are and, and share both their pains and their triumphs in a manner that does not make, make it difficult to feel like, yes, I am part of something bigger than myself than my individual self, and I'm willing to let this larger wisdom move through me and help the world in whatever way is best. Uh, Oscar, uh, on a more personal note, what was, um, I think we're called to these things, you know, whatever these activities, these endeavors might be, including shamanism, but how were you, what was your calling? How was that like for you? What happened? Hmm. What started it well, all, do, Oscar? Do you have a couple of weeks? To yeah, no, not about four hours. Yeah, we got exactly. to con condense it to four hours, okay, I, Oscar? I, 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 <laughs> That's a there, tough there's one. Been, there's been a, a, a few, it's been a process, as you well know. Of course. Based on your own awakening and calling and having heeded the call to be something different than what you were conditioned to think you were, right? Yeah. So, so uh, I had some very uh, powerful formative experiences beginning at, at age two years old and uh, moving into my late teens and, uh, and even through my midlife crises, you know, they were all moments in which I was forced to, um, to bend on one knee and kiss the earth and, and pray for the um, lifting of suffering in my own heart and in the world as a whole. Um, mm. because, of, because of physical, uh, debilitating physical illnesses, uh, as well as psychological dismemberments um, of, a, of a confrontational nature with the, the realms of the dark. Mm. Know, parts of our collective unconscious that right. had a grip on, on me. Uh, I was born in a in a very dysfunctional family, like many of us, and so therefore witnessed uh, great suffering, pain, and um, and uh, and ignorance, which led me to seek refuge in uh, in the inner sanctum of my heart. Uh, so instead of being drawn to outside activities, I developed a keen understanding of the inner labyrinthine uh, realms of, of, of our soul, of our soul reality. And then in, when I was in Peru growing up, my father was stationed, he was worked for institutes of public health, National Institutes of Public Health, and he was stationed in very rural, remote areas of the country where I had the privilege of growing up in my most formative years from age about a year and a half to right before mm. starting kindergarten. And living in these indigenous communities was exposed to the, the healing arts of our uh, original peoples of Peru in the coast, mm. the highlands, and the Amazon, and had a couple of confrontations with 
with uh, one in particular with a vampire bat, you being a, a scholar of these types of spirit animals. But this was a physical encounter in mm. which the vampire bat held on to my hair when I was in my crib and wouldn't let go. And, uh, and wow. basically, I, I kind of forcefully... Uh, moved my head against the rails and the poor vampire bat's head got smashed. So when I was awoken in the morning by my parents, there was a bloodbath, yet I had had, wow. I'd embodied the spirit of this vampire bat as my totem. Mm. And the elder of the tribe, of the Shipibo tribe that my father was stationed in, in Pucallpa, um, said, this is a, a, a wonderful sign. Your son is going to be a medicine person and so you know i was told that way in retrospect after of course not at that age <laughs> i had other experiences that also brought me into a realization that there was behind the veil a a, a reality that far surpassed the limited sensorial reality that we experience with our bodies and had the privilege of apprenticing with two very renowned uh, medicine men uh, from Peru, Don Celso Rojas Palomino from the northern coast and Don Celso Rojas Palomino from the southeastern highland area uh, outside of Cusco uh, and, um, and witnessed incredulous things that made me realize that this, this earth plane that we are inhabiting has much more to offer than just um, food, drink, sex, and sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you know. I suppose <laughs> you know. So basically, I don't know more. if that answers your question or not. No, because no, that, Oscar, that's great. It gives us uh, and the listeners a good idea, a little bit more about you, about the depth. I think of you know an <laughs> early initiation process. That's my dog. Sorry about that, everyone. It's, Scout, don't do that. Oh, Scout, I have a, a, a friend that has a dog named Scout that I adore. Oh, I mean, he's a sweetie. <laughs> we have, you know, in a very uh, suburban plot of land here <laughs> in oh. Dana Point, California. Oh, you lucky man. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have two dogs, two cats, two chickens, two, <laughs> desert, two desert tortoises that were, uh, we were assigned to steward them. And a box turtle that kind of keeps showing up every so often. So we've got plenty of animals. And we had rabbits, too, but they succumbed to a disease that was going around. So, yeah, we're definitely. Oh, and my mother-in-law mother -in -law lives with us, and she loves animals. She just loves taking care of them. You're, so, you're um, a blessed man. You're surrounded by your allies. Yeah, definitely. So um, I want to, uh, I'd like you to comment on something I find I found very intriguing, and that is that um, it, it's hard to sum up in a simple word, but that often suffering precedes initiation. And you talk about that in the context of the hero's journey, which I love, you know, from mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for many, many years. And I'd like you to comment about that. This, this su suffering, mm -hmm. is that is it necessary? you know, to be initiated, to go through a period like that? Or is it just sort of happen? And then second, the hero's journey. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, 
Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As you well know, uh, hardship and uh, great trials and perils and pitfalls uh, uh, that accompany the path to initiation are, are, are common motivators to just stretch your ability to tap into realms of awareness that would have not been possible without those uh, mm. dismemberment experiences, without those encounters with with uncomfortable realities. Um, so physical illness, psychological distress, traumatic events, abuse, even, um, you know, certain isolation, conscious isolation and, and uh, rejection of the flesh in our traditional shamanic cultures have been methods for attaining communion with a shamanic multiverse that is full of powers and forces and spiritual entities that will mm. guide the way. So, yes, I feel that I don't know if I would say, you know, having been a, a psychologist myself and uh, studying psychology for many, many years and practicing psychotherapy, um, I wouldn't say that it's a prerequisite for a breakthrough into a shamanic uh, uh, realm of, uh, of, uh, of reality. Mm -hmm. But I would say that it's a good motivator. And, <laughs> and it good is, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, it, it's a key to, to opening up the portal to uh, non-ordinary um, states sure. of awareness. Uh, now, do I think that everybody needs to suffer a little bit uh, to, to grow as a soul? I would say yes, that's true. I don't know any great contributor, historically speaking, to the lives of others than themselves that have not gone through some sort of uh, dark night of the soul, some breakdown that led to a breakthrough, to use a cliché. And um, so in response to your question, suffering, uh, pain may not be avoidable, but suffering is optional. So we can, mm. we can go ahead and transform suffering into a, a, a passageway, a, uh, a portal to a richer soul-infused life is my understanding of how that works. Yeah, I, I totally, I, it, it isn't necessarily a choice, you know, to suffer, <laughs> but it's uh, my point of view has always been that yeah, a lot of times that's the wake up call. 
you know, it certainly was in looking at my own history and progression, et cetera, without going into a whole lot of stories about it at this point, I, you know, I realized, yeah, after every, if I could just pinpoint, you know, every epoch when I've gone through a dark part, a dark part of the passage, that oh, something yes. has always come out of it. You know, again, it, in a weird sense, it plants the seeds for what's to grow from that suffering. So I, I totally agree with you about that. I like what you said too about pain. <laughs> Pain's a deal. It's part of the deal. You know, <laughs> you're, you're in a body, your body's going to feel pain, but it's not necessary to suffer through it. it correct. And, and it all ties in, like you said, to the hero or heroine's journey. There are stages in that journey that always begin with a form of confrontation with the shadow, as you will. Yeah, know, yeah. With, with what is denied, suppressed, or repressed within the self that does not want to accept that they do have an adversary working hard at trying to derail them from their chosen purpose. And therefore, um, it's very important to learn how to befriend those parts of oneself that usually would not be shown to others. And that's doing our, our inner plane work, taking yeah. our inventory and and working, working our steps, as they say in recovery, which is yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about how, um, you know, we, when we start to discover and uncover the shadows, uh, it's like, well, this one I can deal with. Okay, let's let's work with this one. Okay, and then next. Okay, a few <laughs> couple years later. <laughs> here, oh, here's another. Oh, okay, I don't take a like, but I will. And then, then three years later, you know, we get another one that's shown to us in our face, and we go, Nah, I think I'll keep that in shadow. You know, keep keep hiding that one out. You know, but uh, in in many ways, again, I th I go back to this idea of calling that we are. We're called to do this work that uh, we may do the fire walk, you know, whatever version of that, you know, as a metaphor we mm -hmm. need to do to get to the other side. And um, having done the fire walk, which I suspect you have as well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's an amazing process. You walk on hot coals. That's impossible, right? Mm -hmm. But no, it's not. It's very possible to do so. You might get a couple of burns here and there, but you're going to get to the other side. Anyway, yeah. so... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, very, very, very true. Um, uh, there's a Sufi saying that says, "On their way to heaven, the saints are eaten alive." <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. So, so th that reminds me of what you're saying. Yeah, I've done fire walk, and I've also been trained in using embers or coals from the fire to do extractions and healings, in which you know you you enter into a relationship with Wilcanina with sacred fire, where it becomes basically yourself. And so I can use coals, place them in my mouth, blow their, 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 their medicine into the crown or into the heart center of people and then uh, rub them in my hands, warm up my hands and then pass them over their people's bodies. So the shamanic traditions of the northern coast of Peru use coals and fire a lot. And to me, it's, it's, it's natural that we are able to withstand or enter into a semi-trance state in which many of our um, parasympathetic nervous system can be put on hold so that we don't um, get burned. And uh, if you get into the right, into the right state of consciousness. So, uh, yes, 
the initiation, like walking on fire or using coals, does require a shift in our um, relationship with what we term reality, quotes, unquote, and what we, ter- what we term possible. Uh, that's not to say we should take unnecessary risks uh, as shamanic practitioners, uh, but it does mean that we should be respectful of untapped human potentials, dormant powers that we have that very rarely are, are acknowledged and brought to the light fully. <laughs> Listeners, do not try this at home. <laughs> oh, I think I'll go and grab one of those. No, no, no. no, no it requires a lot, a lot more to it than that, you know, for sure. You mentioned a word I find always intriguing uh, in having had experiences like this myself, dismemberment. Mm-hmm. And you, can you speak to that, what that means? Well, having done the amount of spirit animal work that you've done, you understand very well what that means related to shamanic uh, initiation, right? Right, yes. Uh, yes. Which is a dismemberment can often takes the form, at least in in um, traditional shamanic societies, offer, often takes form through the visitation of some sort of animal or some sort of, uh, you know, tutelary, uh, spirit tutelary, that um, dismembers you, literally, basically kills you, pulls you, the flesh off your bones, pulverizes your bones, and very quickly also restores you to a, a level of wholeness and completion that was greater than what you were before as a wounded yeah. being and blows their medicine spirit into you. And therefore, forever, that that animal ally becomes your power animal, you know, your totem, as you well know. But the dismemberment is indispensable for the spirit of that being to be planted in a a fertile ground within your soul body, in my understanding. Uh, You have to die before you die so that when you die, you won't die. (laughs) <laughs> I understand, yeah. You got and that's what I understand dismemberment to be in the most classic sense of the of the word. You yeah, know? it's. Uh, uh, I I think that was well again well stated. I think that you know my experience is every so often, every few years, and this is done in a journey, uh, the way that I've been trained to do it. Mm-hmm. And exactly like you say, you call on a particular animal, spirit animal, to come and just tear you apart. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then <laughs> hopefully, put you back together in a different way. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. What? Oh, I, one of my students, you know, I said, "Well, they didn't put me back together." Yeah, all right, <laughs> get, guess what? We're gonna we're gonna go and have that done. You know, you got exactly. Have, yeah. So it's something you have to bring back to the world. Is this new aspect of yourself? Uh, it's a, uh, I think you put it in your, uh, in the forwards of the book too, that it, it's really an ego death. You know, it's not a, necessarily a physical death, but an ego death. It's the death of an old self that no longer serves the purpose that you were put here for. Correct. Exactly. And it can feel like it's a bodily and physical death at times. Huh. It can be that intense. And there's formalized initiation, dismemberment initiations, at least in the traditions that I've been apprenticed in, in the northern coast in which there's an actual 
process, a ritual in which you are buried in the, under the sand and for, left there for many hours, sometimes under the influence of vision plants, of sacramental medicine plants. And that really uh, feels like you're physically dying because they place um, little muimuis, which are like uh, uh, sand f crabs, into the, in, into the barrier sand. So it feels like there's these maggots walking over you. <laughs> and you have only a little breathing tube coming out of your mouth. So that does feel like you're going to physically die. And you learn to just surrender totally to the process. And, uh, and, and you do survive, and you, when you come out, you're reborn, and the yeah. most difficult thing is to continue some daily practice after that that strengthens what happened, because you can, you can feel like you've been reborn, at least I'm speaking from personal experience, you can feel like there's been a massive change, but if you don't nurture that change right. with practice... Uh, it can be uh, dissipated very easily over time. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. It's like going to a workshop or a training, and you come out of there all like, ah, oh, ready to go, and then you, uh, you just you fall back asleep, basically. It's a sleepwalking. Yeah, sleepwalking is so much more comfortable than being awake sometimes. <laughs> oh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you mentioned uh, plant medicine too, and that's something. Yeah, I, I want to back up a little bit, Oscar. And that's I remember years ago. I can't remember who said this, but this is before uh, what I have seen happen, and you're a good representative of it as well. Uh, that uh, somebody said I, this is like thirty years ago, Oscar. The new spirituality is going to be coming from South America. And then I heard the tale of the eagle and the condor. And mm -hmm. the evidence is all over the place. I, I journeyed, uh, I mean, physically gone to Peru, uh, into the jungle, etc. cetera. Uh, had great experiences there uh, with the, um, the rituals and the ceremonies that were done, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, an initiation for me, you know, one of a few, I'd say about a handful of initiations came mm -hmm. back and really got very, very committed, more than even more so committed to the path. But I found it interesting that it's just that what I'd said that uh, the new spirituality, and I think, again, as you noted in the book, uh, shamanism, that this really is the oldest spiritual practice that's been on the earth for God knows how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. At least, exactly. I've, to me, to, it's, a, it's a natural human impulse to care for someone as much or a little bit more than yourself. I believe shamanism basically originated with that first impulse, that first drive to extend a, a helping hand uh, out to someone or, a, or something other than oneself. So that altruistic um, essence that is part of who we are as uh, homo sapiens um, is really at the root of all shamanic uh, practice. Um, <clears throat> now, but t dovetailing into what you just said, my good brother, about the plant sacraments um, and the spirituality coming from South America. In, in, in 1969, the Dalai Lama made a very interesting uh, statement. He said that uh, the spiritual 
capital. You use the word capital. I don't know if you've ever been to, to Tibet. I, I did the quota there and I went to Lhasa mm. moons ago. You said the spiritual capital of the earth has, has moved from Lhasa, Tibet, to the area between Cusco and, and, and Lake Titicaca in, in, huh. in, in Peru. And, and, what's, and he said the same thing that happened with Eastern philosophy and, and Eastern and religion and spiritual practice, yoga, meditation, etc., that occurred in the 50s that took over uh, the Western world is now going to be the same, but take over the entire planet, but coming from the teachings that are offered by the indigenous peoples of South America because of their connection to the earth uh, and and because of their, all of their rituals, practices, and ceremonies being earth-centered. Contrary to the Eastern, which are more about liberating oneself, transcending the body, transcending the earth, and refining ourselves for future bardos outside of our planetary sphere. So, and lo and behold, he's right. And look at the amount of, of, of teachings now coming from South America and Central and North America as well. To me, it's Amer- it's an Amerindian ph- ph- phenomena. It, it's yeah. America's themselves, right. Turtle, Serpent, and Heart Island together. Huh. I love it. Yeah, I, it's an it's really a, a, an exciting time to be alive. I must say, uh, it, yeah. with the yeah, with the changes in the earth, you know, the fact that uh, we've been called, and I think anybody who's listening here has been called in some way or another to the shamanic path. And again, it's not about whether you uh, do a shamanic practice or shamanic this or that or whatever. You know, that sometimes I think becomes sort of like a, oh gosh, what would I say? Uh, an overused term, you know, for what the uh, truth is about what shamanism is. And I think, again, I commend you because I think you bring some light to that, you know, with your teachings and certainly with this book. Plus, the book has other stories from other people about their experiences with shamanism, which is a real asset. Uh, That is a great uh, contribution to the field, I I believe, because we need to democratize shamanism in a way way that it's happening. And storytelling is pivotal when it comes to being able to share the the phenomena in a way that it becomes available to people from all walks of life, regardless of, of their training, you know? Love it. Yeah. Democratization. I like that. Let's make it available. It is because it is available. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you have trainings. Uh, people can, uh, again, your, your website, uh, heart of the uh, People can go there to find out, but just while we're talking, uh, do you take on groups? Do you take groups uh, to South to Peru? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, lately, I have not, but I've been doing it for years. Um, there's been a modification in in-person types of events, as you well know. Right. So, right. so uh, I just did a beautiful training up in uh, at the Menla Buddhist Retreat in the Catskills with a group of, of students of mine for from all over the place, and then uh, the the next one per, one I'm going to be facilitating personally will be in Sedona at the Mago. Uh, uh, at the Mago Center in Sedona this January. Those are the, that, the, 
that today for this next year, the Mago is the only one I'm doing at present in person. But I do have various online classes through the Shift Network as well as other venues that I'm going to be offering over the year. Plus, we do have a, an extraordinary group of, of sanctioned teachers in the Pachacuti uh, Mesa li tradition lineage of mm -hmm. cross-cultural shamanism that I've sanctioned myself, 25 of the, 28 of them right now, mm. that offer uh, in-depth yes. apprenticeship series around the country and in Europe. And so um, people can find out more about those um, those programs by going to theheartofthehealer.org, which really means T-H-O-T-H, -T -H, the heart of the healer, Thoth, the thrice great Hermes Trismahistus. That's why we call it a shamanic mystery school. Yep. The heart, T-H-O-T-H. -T -H. I didn't catch that at first, the yes. heart of the healer, yeah. The heart of T-H-O-T-H, the heart of the healer, Thoth. The healer. I love it, I it's love the it. the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little. I'm a little slow on the draw. You know, when I was reading that earlier, I went, "Oh, I wonder what Thoth means." There we go. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, Oscar, I want to thank you, and again, I uh, so appreciate you. I'd love to have you back at some point. You know, I know you're a busy man, and you got a lot going on. Thank God you're on the planet. You know, doing the work that you're doing. Uh, we are in. You know, we both agree about this. You know, but we are in in uh, an age when. It's like everybody is needed on the front. You know, if there is a purpose that you're feeling the call to do this or to do any further training or to pursue any kind of shamanic work or whatever you're called to do, I think that a spiritual discipline daily is is absolutely critical. And again, you can you, one of the uh, best resources you've got going here is, yes, what this man that we're talking with, uh, Oscar Miro Kosada. Uh, go to his website, find out more about him. Uh, and also, it's beautiful that you have other people that you have trained and that you have taught. So I thank you for doing that. So th thank you so much, Stephen, because I consider also you a, a very respected catalyst of uh, the shamanic uh, movement, uh, the democratization of, of these uh, ancient arts. Uh, making them available to our peoples, and especially the re restoring our, our reverence for our animal relatives, which is fundamental at this yeah. juncture. Oh, so, amen. So I thank you for your support, and may great spirit and our originating mystery bless you with everything you deserve. Oh, thank you very much, Oscar, and blessings to you. And thank you all for uh, tuning in and listening. Uh, Dr. Stephen Farmer here uh, with Oscar Miro Quesada. How do you like that? Very well pronounced. <laughs> I'm doing okay with that. I got to say, I'll pat myself on the back for that one, Oscar. Sure. Anyway, uh, it's so no, it's a pleasure to meet you and talk with you in this way, even though it's you know over the electronic media and such. But it, one day I would love to just meet you in person, go out and have coffee or something. So we'll see. When I'm on the might. West Coast, I'll go to Dana Point and uh, hang with your chickens and with you. That sounds good, man. <laughs> all right. And blessings to you. And again, thank you for being my guest. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, stay tuned. We've got some other exciting guests coming up. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining me. And I hope you join me for future episodes where I'll share some powerful healing practices and meditations. 
introduce you to some amazing guests and friends of mine who will stop by for some conversation, and on occasion I'll pull some oracle cards from one of my decks and do readings. I'll also share some of my original music that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you like what I'm doing, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to my show page on mindbodyspirit.fm where you can also get the free mobile app to listen to any of my shows or find some new favorites. If you'd like to contact me with questions, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram or send an email to info at drstephenfarmer.com. You can also find lots of material on that website, drstephenfarmer.com, so please feel free to explore. Please also know that by sending a question, you're giving me permission to possibly use it in a future podcast so others may benefit from it. And to close, I'd leave you with the four most important words to take with you. Gratitude, love, compassion, and forgiveness. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.